You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody, and the show is back from the dead. Um, if you, of course, have uh, been following, you will realise that the sound of crickets is what we've had for the last couple of weeks. Um, bit of a story to that, really. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, went to plug in my MacBook Pro a couple of hours before the show, ready to get set up, and uh, nothing. No, when I plugged it in, no light. No little iOS chime. I have a little thing that makes my Mac do the iOS chime when you plug the power in. Uh, nothing whatsoever. Uh, the charger was dead as a doornail, which was a bit bizarre because I'd used it a couple of days before and it was fine. It had just completely and utterly failed. Um, bit of a disaster. Um, of course, I ordered a replacement, um, expecting it to come in a few days and it didn't come and it didn't come. And then when I checked... Um, it appeared that between ordering it and them dispatching it, it had gone out of stock. Nice of them to tell me that, of course. Uh, so, uh, I had to miss a second week because I was still without any power and my uh, MacBook Pro was, of course, as dead as dead could be. Um, Nemo in the Slack room said we should all have a spare and, of course, he is right. Um, I have now, uh, obviously, got a replacement charger, so hence I am here. But, of course, um, the one which I ordered and never got dispatched will be dispatched when it's in stock. Um, I'm not going to cancel that. I'm going to put that one in a drawer. Um, why hadn't I thought of having a spare in the past? Well, uh, there's another reason for that, which is, of course, I never really thought about it. Because um, in the past, we've always had several chargers around the house. We've always had uh, MacBooks and uh, MacBook Pros. And I could probably lay my hands on half a dozen uh, MacBook, uh, you know, chargers. But they're all MagSafe One. And, of course, I'd never really paid any attention to the fact that my my current MacBook is a MagSafe 2. Uh, schoolboy error there, really. So, um, I currently have um, a new charger. Uh, thank you to Mark for dipping into the Essential Apple uh, funds to uh, help me out with that one. And uh, another one is on its way. So, uh, there we go. That should uh, prevent that from happening again. Well, uh, what's been happening in the... Uh, time since I was with you last. Uh, you'll notice nobody is available to come on the show with me today. Uh, Suffolk Pete is watching the football. Um, uh, Spligosh, Nick, Nick Riley, he's off visiting his sister. Um, I believe Mac Jim is uh, photographing in Glasgow, uh, possibly in pouring rain. Um, and so there we are. Uh, I messaged Mark, um, but he didn't get back to me. Uh, he might be sleeping off, uh, you know, a hangover. Or, of course, he might be out doing healthy things like cycling and running and other things like that that he does. Uh, anyway, he wasn't. He didn't get back to me in time for this show, so uh, you've just stuck with me. There we are. Um, what 
has happened. What has happened indeed? Um, well, a variety of things have happened. Um, Larry Tesla, the computer scientist who invented cut, copy and paste, has died. Um, another pioneer, um, has passed away. Uh, Larry Tesla worked at, uh, Xerox Park, I believe, and later joined Apple and famously, of course, invented cut, copy and paste. Um, hard to imagine now, uh, you know, a computer or any word processor without those most basic functions. But of course, somebody had to think them up and, uh, it was Larry. So thank you, Larry. And, uh, let's all hope that, uh, you've gone to a better place. Um, well, that's, uh, you know, a bit of a sad piece of news, but, uh, as we've said on this show before, no doubt something which will, uh, you know, come up ever more frequently as the pioneers of computing, um, you know, modern computing, reach that sort of uh, stage of their lives. Um, Apple has added the ability for developers to sell Mac and iOS apps as a single purchase. Um, interesting this, obviously, uh, no doubt, you know, brought on by the catalyst, uh, you know, technology. Um, in the latest beta, uh, Apple has added the ability for developers to create unified purchases across Mac and the iOS. Um, developers can list iPad apps in the App Store and a Mac version in the Mac App Store. Um, and when the customer buys either version, it will automatically unlock all the other platforms. Uh, previously, you could only offer separate independent purchases, apparently. Um, slightly strange. I, I would, uh, you know, sort of surprised that hasn't come along before. Um, Apple apparently is automatically enabling unified purchase for new Mac Catalyst applications created with the just-released Xcode 11.4 uh, beta. Existing apps will have to change their bundle identifiers, apparently, if they wish to switch to unified purchases. Um, whether or not this will catch on, I do not know. Um, apparently, this also applies to in-app purchases, uh, which can be shared across iOS and Mac for the first time if the core app is unified. Um, uh, to support this, Apple is uh, changing the App Store categories on iOS and Mac to be the same. Uh, this means iOS apps will now be able to be placed into developer tools, graphics and design categories. And the Mac App Store is adding the categories books, food and drink, magazines, newspapers, navigation and shopping. Uh, there we are. Um, not really sure what to make of that. I guess it's uh, a window into the possibly more unified Mac iOS overlap. Um, some people are for it. Some people are against it. I don't really know what to make of it. Will developers take it up? Um, will will developers, uh, you know, be keen to uh, allow you to purchase one item and have it on all your devices, regardless of whether they're iPads, iPhones, you know, Macs, whatever? Who can say? Only the future will tell us. Um, I find it intriguing. I, I find the whole Catalyst thing quite intriguing, to be honest. Um, haven't really seen many Catalyst apps at the moment, but uh, I'm sure more will come along. Um, not sure, as I say, what to really make out of that. Uh, if you have something to say, let me know, of course. Um, Rumours have it that Apple has, a, you know, a, a technology which they're dubbing a car key, which may allow you to unlock your car with your iPhone or your watch. Um, interesting again. Um, not sure how that exactly would work. I have a keyless car, 
quote unquote, uh, where I have an electronic fob which I have to insert into the dash in order to make the car uh, go. Um, how you know, not sure you'd be able to replace that as such. So um, I guess the ability to unlock the doors without pressing a button might be a, a nice thing to have, but it hardly seems world-shattering to me. Um, also, I've read pieces people suggesting that this car key technology could also apply to um, your doors if you have, you know, suitable um, smart locks or whatever. But um, I would have thought you could already do that. Uh, could you not with your with your phone or your or your watch? I don't know. Um, apparently, the 13.4 beta references a new car key API, which could let you hold your phone or Apple Watch near an NFC compatible car to use your phone as a key. Um, your digital key may live in your device's app wallet, and you might be able to share your digital car key via the wallet app to someone else's Apple device, perhaps a family member or trusted friend. Um, according to this article here on The Verge, uh, some car makers already let you use your phone as a digital car key through an app, but they have some limitations. Uh, Hyundai apparently has a digital key app for Android, uh, but it only works with the 2020 Sonata model, apparently. Uh, your car may need to have specific features such as uh, Volvo's on-call app, uh, which requires the vehicle with Volvo on-call telematics unit. Um, who can say? Again, um, am I really jazzed about that? No. Um, basically, it's, I, I would guess that um, manufacturers would have to build cars with uh, that function um, built in. Um, and I have to admit, uh, based on the speed at which car manufacturers, um, you know, sprung into action uh, adopting CarPlay, um, I wouldn't hold my breath for too many cars being available with that feature in the next year or so. Um, there we are. Uh, don't know. Don't know, really. Um, strange first world problem, is it? You know, are we so lazy we can't even get a key fob out of our pockets? Who knows? Um, there's been a barely big quote-unquote uh, leak recently, which uh, hints apparently that future Macs might switch or at least uh, use AMD chips. Uh, again, what to make of this? Um, I would say this is... You know, surely this is in Apple's interest. Um, I'm probably sure, just like the, you know, the rumours about ARM-based uh, Macintoshes, I'm pretty sure that Apple has AMD-powered uh, Macs in their labs. Um, they would be foolish not to, surely. Um, we know that they've, you know, since they switched to the x86, they've relied on uh, the Intel processors. But uh, we also know that Intel uh, have not always been you know, marching to the same drumbeat or um, being able to match their promised timelines. Uh, AMD seem to be uh, resurgent at the minute. They have, uh, you know, their Ryzen and Threadripper um, processors, uh, many of which seem to be garnering, you know, uh, accolades galore. Um, would I mind if, if uh, Apple put AMD processors in a Mac? Not in the least, to be honest. Uh, I don't really care if my Mac has an Intel processor, an AMD processor, um, an ARM processor, um, LNX, or anything else, to be honest. All I care about is does it work how I expect it to? And I think that's probably what you could say for most users, surely. Um, would you care? Um, 
I know that there have over the years, you know, been clans as, as always are in technology. Um, you know, those who are uh, swear blind that the only real x86 chips are, you know, from Intel. And I've uh, known people who swear blind that uh, AMD are, you know, have taken the lead and uh, are the true holders of the, uh, you know, crown for making the most innovative processors. Um, Apple, I'm sure, keep their eye on all of these things all of the time um, and no doubt uh, will proceed according to what seems most sensible for them. I, I see no reason, realistically, why Apple couldn't have um, AMD processors in some ranges of Macs and uh, Intel in, in others. Um, there's no, uh, you know, I don't see any real reason they can't do that. I mean, they're both x86 um, instruction set processors. Um, I know there are differences between them, um, you know, but I, I'm pretty sure a company like Apple could uh, write, you know, the uh, code to uh, adapt to uh, different chips if necessary. Um, some people are suggesting these might make Macs cheaper, but then people always suggest things might make Macs cheaper. And um, to be honest, I don't think Apple uh, would be, you know, in the least bit interested in that as a feature. They're interested in uh, supply lines and availability and power, uh, power uh, consumption and all those kind of things. They will no doubt be looking for um, a set of chips which they can have for a start in big enough volumes um i don't know what sort of output amd has compared to intel you know in millions of uh, chips per annum or whatever but um one to keep an eye on i think i would not be in the least bit bothered um you know if apple had amd chips as i say so there we are um and uh According to Forbes, I know we don't normally like Forbes, but this is a reason. This is a pretty positive story, actually. Um, Apple has made a striking new security move, which could impact all users, and that is uh, quite simply that Apple have joined the Fido Alliance. Um, to be honest, my only uh, my only comment about that is I'm surprised they weren't already part of the Fido Alliance. I mean, um, the whole uh, you know. Uh, identity protection thing seems to be very much part of Apple's, uh, you know, marketing strategy and um, at the core of how they claim to go about, uh, you know, building their software. Um, it's strange, really, that they're one of the last big firms to join this alliance. Um, just for those who are not sure, um, we have talked about this before, of course, um, apparently founded in 2012 by companies including PayPal and Lenovo, the Fido Alliance's mission is to create authentication standards to reduce reliance on passwords. It has two aims, the adoption of multi-factor authentication U2F tokens, uh, that's things like YubiKeys, and uh, authentication known as FIDO2. Uh, they want to develop technical specifications which apply across platforms. Uh, based on free and open standards from the FIDO Alliance, FIDO authentication enables password-only logins to be replaced with secure, fast login experiences across websites and applications. Um, well, I have to say, you know, I am slightly surprised that Apple weren't really um, already on board. We've talked uh, reasonably recently that Apple, uh, you know, have now opened up the um, 
ability for iOS to uh, respond to NFC, uh, you know, U2F keys. Um, what does it say here? In 13.3, Apple has added the ability for FIDO-compliant security keys, such as a YubiKey, to be used to authenticate your services in Safari. Um, the key can be inserted directly into your iPhone. Um, and I believe they've also added the ability to... Um, use the nfc um there we are um as they say here apple could help drive adoption apple is a strong company and would hopefully help drive adoption um not having all the big tech firms on board so far has been one of the limiting factors to this technology um and obviously of course uh, if apple have joined and um start to actively encourage the use of uh, FIDO2 and uh, UF uh, tokens, then um, I'm sure that will, uh, you know, help the uptake amongst the general public. Uh, and as we've said before on this show, anything which helps Joe Blogs be safer without thinking about it has to be a good thing. This one's amused me. This one amused me. Uh, there was a, a story going around. It was all over the web. It was all over the newspapers. Bill Gates allegedly ordered a £500 million or thereabouts, I don't know, $600 million or something, hydrogen-powered super yacht. Um, I've got a link to a Mashable article which is updated. My original article was from The Guardian, but they pulled it uh, because it wasn't true. Um, the BBC reported that um, the makers of this uh, super hydrogen-powered yacht, which Mr Bill Gates was allegedly buying, said, Bill Gates is not buying our yacht, and we have uh, no business connections with him, and uh, it's not true. It's as simple as that. Also, um, the company uh, called Sino, S-I-N-O-T, um, the concept yacht called Aqua was not linked to Bill Gates or any of his representatives. It is a concept under development and it has not been sold. Um, it was shown in Monaco and was meant to build a better future and inspire clients and the industry. Um, and there you go. Um, so uh, there was a lot of talk about that, a lot of people ragging on Bill Gates and, and so on. Um, and it was all fake. See, don't believe what you read in the papers or on the web because it wasn't true. There we are. Here's a short one. IBM has picked Slack over Microsoft Teams for its 350,000 employees, according to The Verge. Um, well, obviously, IBM are free to pick whoever they want. Um, also, I, I'm not particularly surprised. Why would IBM want to be beholden to, um, you know, to Microsoft? Um, we know for a fact that IBM, uh, you know, have a large number of Macs uh, in their in their arsenal these days. Maybe they feel that they'd uh, be better off with a third party um, solution, and so they apparently have gone with Slack, which I'm sure is a big feather in the cap of Slack, of course. Right, I'm going to take a two minute break to make a cup of tea, and I'll be back shortly. <laughs> Ah. 
there we go. And fresh cup of tea in hand. Uh, I'm back again. Um, what other stories? Android co-founders phone startup essential shuts down after one product. Uh, link here to Mashable. Yeah, Andy Rubin's essential uh, company has uh, closed down um, after the uh, essential phone basically flopped. Um, anybody surprised about that? Not me, really. Um, there was talk that there was going to be an essential phone too, but uh, nothing came of it. Um, I believe there were some videos of a, a phone um, codenamed Gem, which was a bizarre, um, tall, thin thing, which looked rather like a much more old-fashioned candy bar phone than a modern smartphone. Um, couldn't really see the point of that either myself. So there you go. If you want to read about that, you can follow the link. Um, whilst we're on the technology um, and talking about phones, um, the Motorola Raza, which was, you know, so um, widely anticipated and heavily kind of promoted by the tech press as going to be a great thing. Um, well, the uh, reviews are in and it got slagged. Uh, sorry, um, it was hated. The reviewers disliked it intensely. Um, has a clever uh, hinge, apparently, which allows the, the fold to not have to fold flat, but to kind of um, form a bubble shape. Um, so the bend is not so severe. Uh, that sounded quite clever. But apparently, in order to do that, the um, screen has to move slightly um, inside of the um, case to allow it to uh, to do that and uh, apparently it means the screen feels flimsy and um not solid in any way shape or form so uh, that's been panned um the uh was it the is it the flam samsung flip z on the other hand uh seems to have got fairly good reviews um the uh, the flip z of course being um a smartphone which flips um across the short edge uh, more like your traditional flip phones of old rather than the uh, the fold and so on which uh, you know fold open like a book this one is designed to flip open uh, you know in the same style as the Motorola Raza and uh, as i say flip phones of old um getting very very good reviews um of course there's also some stories of um the screen cracking uh, bubbling and other things but um overall it's getting a good reception i'm still not convinced personally that folding phones are a thing that people really want but um time will tell no doubt um i guess i can kind of see the appeal of a of a um a phone which folds in half certainly more in the flip phone uh style than uh, the sort of folding out into a tablet but uh will consumers go for it can the technology um you know mature enough and come down to a sensible enough price because let's face it uh i'm not prepared to pay an extra thousand pounds slash dollars for my phone just to have one that folds in half um there we are uh people with much more knowledge of the industry are saying that the future may well be in folding phones i'm still not convinced call me a stick in the mud get off my lawn but uh i'll believe it when i see it as they say um security and privacy stories over the last couple of weeks um apparently some popular ios and mac email 
uh, applications have been found to scrape your inbox to profit from your personal data. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Bad, bad, bad. Everybody's at it. What can we do? A report from Motherboard claimed that uh, some email clients, uh, including Edison and uh, CleanFox, uh, scrape your email data for stuff which they can then sell. Um, both of these companies, of course, have responded, saying that uh, they are perfectly clear about what they do and that uh, it's all anonymous and uh, it only looks for um, stuff relating to things you bought um, and that they're all, uh, you know, it's all well and good and uh, they do it so that they don't have to put advertising into their uh, email clients, which is good for customers. Um, and CleanFox went so far as to say um, that from a higher perspective, we believe crowdsourced transaction data has a transformational power for consumers and companies and that a marketplace where value can be created for both sides without making any compromise on privacy is possible. Um, well, make of it what you will. I'm not familiar with these products, but to be honest, I suspect that they were let's say, less than clear with their customers uh, exactly what they were doing. Um, they say they were up front and everybody knew what they were getting into. If that's true, then um, I suppose I have to say um, good for them. But uh, I have a feeling that's not really the whole story. Um, so as per usual, people, be careful what you're getting into. Caveat, mTOR and all that. There we are. Um, I uh, was sent um, a little privacy gem um, directly, actually, um, in response, uh, actually, to the security special that we did with um, Andy J at Dougie um, some time ago. Um, a company called Comparitech, C-O-M-P-A-R-I-T-E-C-H, uh, sent me a link to their DNS uh, leak tester. Um, what's interesting about this one is unlike most other DNS leak testers, it doesn't leave you to try and figure out the uh, result. What you do is you, um, you go to their site and you run their DNS uh, leak tester once with your VPN off and then they tell you to turn your VPN on and run it again and then it will give you a clear um, and uh, non-tech uh, description of whether your DNS is leaking or not. Um, well worth bookmarking at Comparitech um, DNS Leak Tester. Um, and their website is C-O-M-P-A-R-I-T-E dot C-H. Uh, very clever. Very clever use there. Um, there we go. Um, a popular open source firewall app from iOS has uh, jumped onto the Mac for free. Uh, blocked app and website trackers. Um, 9to5Mac had a link on this. Um, I've had a look at it. Uh, it's available in the Mac App Store for free. Um, seems to do what it says on the tin. Um, the, the firewall is free. Um, they encourage you to use their VPN, which they charge for. Um, you're not obliged to, I don't believe. There's no, uh, you know, you don't suffer any penalty if you don't use their VPN. But um, 
I have to say the app does basically have the firewall in the top half of the panel and the VPN in the second half. And if you don't use the VPN, then that's a lot of wasted screen estate, but they're giving it for free. Then I suppose they're entitled to uh, push their other servers. Um, and whilst we're talking about uh, VPNs, as you know, Proton VPN is my VPN of choice. Um, if you are going to use Proton VPN, get your Proton VPN stuff from the Proton site. Apparently, um, a malware called Azure, Azurult, apparently, A Z O R U L T, uh, is being spread as fake Proton VPN installers for Windows. Uh, oh dear. Well, you know the answer to that. Always get your stuff from trusted sources. Um, I guess the fact that malware is trying to use Proton VPN as a, a you know, um, a hook must indicate that people are uh, in keen on downloading Proton VPN. But, you know, as usual, don't be fools. Get your stuff from verified sources. Um, there we are. Quite a shortish show because, you know, it's only me. Um, worth a chirp and essential tips. Uh, I've got one here. Um, I can't remember who put this in the Slack room. Might have been Mac Jim. Uh, the Doco case turns your iPad Pro into a MacBook with a trackpad and multiple ports. Um, link here to Yanko Design. I've had a look at it and it, uh, you know, it's surprisingly cheap for what it is. You get a um, a full MacBook um, type uh, lower shell complete with, um, you know, black backlit keys, um, a trackpad. In fact, it just looks like the bottom of a MacBook. Um, very, very, uh, you know, made in aluminium, the whole shooting match. The top uh, shell um, is designed to hold your uh iPad Pro, which uh, kind of slips into the hole in the in the lid, as it were. Um, it uh, connects via the USB-C port in the iPad Pro. And uh, if you want to turn your um, your iPad Pro into a MacBook, then um, there you go. Probably the uh, probably the device for you. Personally, and you know, I thought the point of having an iPad was for it not to be. Um, a laptop but you know takes all sorts if you wish to turn your ipad pro into a macbook this might be the device for you uh it's surprisingly cheap actually um let me see what does it say here the doco case that's d-o-q-o turns your ipad pro into a macbook with a trackpad and multiple ports um it's currently selling for 139 dollars um, which is 30% off the normal price of $198. But even, I have to say, even at $198, uh, for what you're getting, it looks like pretty good value, um, if or into that sort of thing. Lots of pictures on the yankodesign.com site. Um, I think the sale um, is going to be over by the time this uh, this program goes out because it appears to be 48 hours left according to this uh, to this page. So sorry about that. Um, and bring back your Mac startup chime with a simple terminal command. Uh, this was on nine to five Mac. Apparently, um, as as most of you will know, I think 2016 Apple removed the iconic startup chime from the Mac. Um, 
and apparently uh, a Twitter user known as at Chaseager, uh, C-H-A-Y-S-E-G-R, uh, shared a video showing his MacBook Pro booting up with the iconic chime. Um, you can apparently bring the startup chime back to uh, Macs which don't have it with a simple terminal command which is sudo nvram startup mute equals percent zero zero. Um, there you go. Um, and apparently another user uh, start, uh, discovered shortly after that the command sudo nvram startup mute uh, equals percentage zero one will uh, turn the chime back off again. There you go. Um, I don't have any uh, no startup chime Macs uh, at home, but I do have a 2017 uh, iMac at work, which doesn't have a chime, and I have to say I miss it. So I might try this out. Um, there you go. Some people, or you know, some people never like the chime. Some of us miss it. Um, if you miss it and you want to put it back, give it a go. There we are. Um, no Nemo this week because uh, obviously he wasn't sure what was going on. Um, hopefully. Everything will be back to uh, somewhere nearer to normal next week. Um, I will be back on the hunt for some, uh, you know, industry guests to come and talk to us so you don't have to listen just to me wittering on. Um, uh, Andreas from Pixelmator was actually booked to come on um, on the 9th, which of course was when uh, my power supply failed um, and I had to uh, cancel. But... Um, he said he would be happy to come back on as soon as I was uh, up and running and could uh, book a date. So uh, I shall be talking to Andreas about getting a date for him to come on the show as soon as possible. Um, there you go. Uh, winners. We have winners, of course, because um, the Photo Magico for iPad subscriptions draw is complete. And the winners were Eric Rogers and Stephen Welton. So, well done, chaps. Uh, sorry to the rest of you who entered and uh, didn't win, but uh, there you go. Not everyone can win, but Eric and Stephen, you are winners, and uh, I expect Oliver Breedenbach will contact you very shortly with your subscriptions. There we go. Um, so, I'm going to wrap the show up now. Um, as you know, we have uh, an Amazon affiliate link. If you want to go to our website, essentialapple.com, click on the big red button, do your shopping, and we get a few pennies. Um, thank you for people who do that. Thank you to people who support us via Patreon and uh, via the Pinecast Tips Jar. Um, thank you to people who support us simply by retweeting our tweets or, you know, battering their friends around the head with a dead MacBook Pro until they listen, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and as always, thank you to all the people in the Slack room who put in stories. Um, sorry, you know, that there's been no show for a couple of weeks, but uh, back up and running now. So um, if you want to hear my stuff... Um, subscribe of course and uh if you want to catch me on the twitters i am at serenak and that's s-e-r-e-n-a-k um and i think at that point i will call it a show and i'll see you all later until next time goodbye you've been listening to the essential apple podcast 
And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. I'm Mike McPeak of the Bard on the Plains podcast. This podcast is about stories and storytelling. Storytelling is one of the oldest forms of entertainment. From sitting around the campfire to the child sitting on grandpa's knee, we have communicated with each other like this for ages. Not only was it entertaining, it was also a way of passing down laws and traditions. We still communicate with each other nowadays, but it's increasingly through static mediums such as Facebook and Twitter. Without the human interaction, we lose the context of the story. This is what I hope to do differently on this podcast. Have real people telling their stories in their own voices so the emotions and the feelings come through. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.